everybody and welcome to the Biosite podcast. My name is Sridhar Bhagwat and let's get on with the origins of COVID-19, the second part. So just to give you guys a recap, last time I talked about this spike protein. Okay, spike protein is a structure around the virus by which uh, they latch on to the human cell and gain entry to the human cell. Now, proteins are nothing but chains of amino acids. Amino acids bond to each other to form a chain and this chain is called protein. Now, this spike protein through which the virus gain entry to the human cell has two subunits or it has two parts. Okay, we will call them S1 and S2. S1 is responsible for the virus to latch on to the human cell. And S2 is responsible for gaining entry into the cell. For S1 and S2 to do their jobs, they need to be separated. The spike protein needs to be cut into two halves, S1 and S2. Now this cut or cleavage is done by a human protein called furin. Now see how smart these viruses are. They use our protein. They use a human protein for their use to get into our cell. Furin is a protein that recognizes a specific sequence of four amino acids. I mentioned earlier about the chain of amino acids making a protein, right? Uh, so this furin recognizes a specific sequence of four amino acids in that chain, which is called as the furin cleavage site. Now, why is it important? Why am I explaining it to you all this? Why is, furin, why is the furin cleavage site important? The furin cleavage site is the missing part of the puzzle called origins of COVID-19. Because this furin cleavage site is not seen in any SARS-related coronaviruses. So, it's beg so, it begs the questions as to where this site came from. I will take you through three possible scenarios, okay? First of all is mutation. Mutation is random changes in the gene which results in the change in the amino acid sequence. Now these changes takes, take place anywhere in the protein. Mutations take place when the virus makes an error while replicating itself or uh, by an external chemical agent. So all these changes happening coincidentally at four amino acid sequence specifically at one site is a bit of a stretch but it can't be ruled out. The second possibility is recombination. Okay, so what is recombination? I'll tell you. Recombination is a process where two different viruses swap genetic information between them. So they literally exchange genetic information between them. Now there are many viruses in the coronavirus family. So in this possibility, what they are saying is that this cleavage site is produced whilst two different coronaviruses swapped genetic information. But this information can only be swapped when this furin cleavage site is present with at least one of the virus. Remember when I said that this cleavage site is not present in any coronavirus family. 
but it is possible that the SARS-2 virus has picked up this site from an unknown virus. Uh, this coronavirus maybe is not reported. Completely unknown viruses have swapped genetic information. Okay. And the third possibility is the gain-of-function experiments that were carried out in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Since 1992, the virologist community has known that one way to make the virus deadlier is to give a furin cleavage site between S1 and S2. At least 11 gain-of-function experiments adding a furin site to make a virus infective is published this information is published in the open literature by the Wuhan Institute of Virology. All three possibilities are plausible. Time will tell which one is true. Now I want to talk about a letter that was published in a journal called Nature Medicine. And its author were a group of virologists led by Christian Anderson. This letter was published on 17 March 2020, last year, and it caught the eye of global media. They said that they can clearly show that SARS-2 does not have a laboratory origin. They made two statements, okay, they made two statements uh, to say that SARS-2 does not have a lab origin. Okay, so let's dissect them. In the first statement, they say that the spike protein which latches on to the cell receptor does not have the strongest possible fit. So as the spike protein does not have the calculated best design, it can't be of a lab origin. I will explain this with an analogy. Okay, so consider uh, a lock and a key. The key has design that perfectly goes into the grooves of the lock. Anderson and the group are saying that the spike protein is the key here. And if it was designed in a laboratory, then it should have, then it should have been the perfectly designed to get into the grooves of the lock, which is the cell receptor. Uh, but as it is not perfectly designed, but as the spike protein is not perfectly designed to get into the grooves of the cell receptor or the lock, it cannot be lab made. Uh, okay, this is one way by which virologists make a spike protein. This, but there is another way too. And uh, Anderson and the group have completely ignored it. Virologists can get the spike protein to bind to the cell by letting the virus infect the artificial human cell cultures. So what is cell culture? I'll explain you it first. Cell cultures are the cell grown artificially uh, on a plate uh, by giving uh, suitable conditions. Uh, so in this process, the virus itself adapts, the virus adapts to the cell around it to infect it efficiently the virus changes its spike protein just by being in the environment of the cells. It's like saying that we sometimes change the way we are just so that we can fit in a group. Okay, we adapt ourselves to the group. The same way, the adaptation or the change in the spike protein is done when the virus's progeny 
are transferred to the new cell cultures okay and by then uh, one emerges one virus emerges which makes a really tight bind to the human cell over here virus has done all the hard work of changing itself now one can say that these changes in the virus took place after getting into a human being after actual human being not uh, to human cell cultures yeah it is possible but uh but the problem is that these changes that a virus made to the spike protein are not being traced yet they are not being found yet there have been no traces found by which we can map out how the virus changed its spike protein to infect the human cells this was the first statement and the second statement was uh the second statement that the anderson and the group made that if the virus was manipulated then it would have been done by documented dna sequences of pathogenic viruses but as sars2 is not derived from any of the documented uh, pathogenic dna viruses it cannot be manipulated this is what anderson said okay but uh dna and rna sequences are actually quite easy to make so it is obviously possible that sars2 was manipulated using an completely unpublished dna sequence let me clear this up sars2 is an rna virus not a dna virus but in laboratory we can change dna into rna these two statements were picked up by the media when the article came out but now these statements are completely disputed there is another scenario that explains this natural emergence of the virus which is worth taking a note of okay so bad guano or uh, bad excretes bad urine are collected from caves uh, and used as a fertilizer now these bad excretes have a high population of various pathogens including viruses in 2012 few people who went to the mojiang caves to collect uh, these bat uh, to collect these bat excretes contracted a severe pneumonia with covid-19 like symptoms and three of them eventually died a virus was isolated which was responsible for the infection in those people much like sars2 this virus would infect humans better than it could infect bats it was like sars2 it could infect humans better than it could infect bats but these caves are 1500 km far away from wuhan from where the first case of covid-19 was seen interestingly so the experiments in wuhan institute of virology were done by collecting bat viruses from the bat excretes from the same mojiang virus from the same mojiang cave sorry talk about coincidence yeah to end this episode i just want to say that concrete proof of origins of covid-19 is not found yet 
WHO did send a team in China to investigate the matter and ironically the investigation was led by the same people who were funding the research in Wuhan. China has sealed all the research done on coronavirus and investigating team did not find any evidence for natural emergence. So all in all, it's a recipe of disaster. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. The next podcast will be a little bit chilled out and we are going to have a guest. So stay tuned for that. Follow us on our social media platforms and I will see you guys next time.